Hi everyone, this is Ian and Chris. Welcome to your weekly adrenaline shot that goes by the name of It's All Coming Up. Chris and I are going to spend the next 10 minutes looking ahead at the weekend's Premier League fixtures. But first, mate, we've got to look backwards a little bit to last night. Were you watching that shambles from Old Trafford? Uh, yes, I was. I was. I was flicking uh, in between games last night. Watched a bit of the West Ham Arsenal game, but uh, yeah, had a, had a, had an eye on the Manchester United game, and it doesn't look like things are improving much for Eric Ten Hag. That was another embarrassing night for him in Manchester United. Yeah, I, I, I was there last night. Um, United were, however bad they were against Manchester City, they were worse last night. They were utterly abysmal. It was a much-changed team. It was a group of players who were nominally given an opportunity to push for a Premier League starting berth this weekend at Fulham. None of them deserved it. Um, they were extraordinarily bad. Um, I fear for Ten Hag now. Um, you and I both supported him this season, but that tied is turning, the public tide is turning. I'm beginning to wonder, I know you're beginning to wonder, you called him Eric 10 games when we got together for our... Yeah, that that might have been optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. You, you used that rather clever phrase when we got together for, for our uh, Monday show, it's all kicking off. Um, I thought you were being harsh. It does feel a bit optimistic right now. He is drowning. I think we both agreed he did a great job last season, but... The fact of the matter is, it's it's the spend for me. Four hundred over four hundred million he spent. The team is in regression, and for that he has to take responsibility. Managers like Ange Postecoglou, Deserby aren't helping because their teams have an identity. And uh, you know, at this moment in time, Manchester United they look like they're drowning. I mean, I saw Mike Keegan's I saw Mike Keegan's article about um, about some of the kit not fitting. The uh, the Manchester United shirt is is too big for uh, for all the players at this moment in time. It's it it's a massive problem, and and Ten Hag has to take responsibility for what happens on the pitch, and he shouldn't be getting an easy ride because what, they lost eight out of the first fifteen games. I saw that stat last night, first time that's happened since sixty two sixty three. Uh, you know he's the guy in charge, and. He's under the pump now, and they've got a run of games coming up where you think, well, Manchester United should be winning these games. But I don't fancy them. I don't know anybody who does at this moment in time. That that shirt does look heavy for some of those players at the moment. Now, I've watched a lot of, well, I've, I've seen a lot of Manchester United managers struggle in the 10 years since Sir Alex Ferguson um, retired. Um, and the one that Ten Hag reminded me of last night was David Moyes. When David Moyes was briefly manager of Manchester United all those years ago for eight or nine months, I don't like saying this, but it's true. He looked haunted. He looked uh, red-eyed. He looked like he wasn't sleeping. He looked out of his depth. Ten Hag looked like that last night. He sat there on the bench with a kind of monotonously chewing his gum as he does and looked absolutely helpless. I don't want this guy to go. I think he's done things at Manchester United that he can be proud of. I think he's been brave enough to make some big decisions. I think they moved forward last season, but they have regressed this term at a speed that has, asto- that has astonished me. They look like 11 strangers last night and you are right. That is on him. They go to Fulham on Saturday. It's the lunchtime kickoff. It's on television. United have only won one of the last 11 Premier League games in London, but it was at Fulham. 
I also saw Fulham play at home to Chelsea, who was struggling a few weeks ago on a Monday night. And Fulham were weak. They were weak. They were meek. They were passive. If United get that Fulham on Saturday, they might have a chance. I've got massive sympathy for Ten Hag, like you have, because it's it's a dressing room where I think there are just so many spoiled brats in there, and and and, and now you're sort of seeing players. Well, we've seen players down tools from earlier earlier this season, but you're seeing the true colours of of many of uh, of the players. And you know, he spent a considerable amount of money, and you you feel you feel these players sort of owe him one, but it, it doesn't look like they uh, you know. When they go out on the pitch, that they feel that way, it's uh, you know it's a mess. But I think it's even there's only one thing I think that is worse if you're a manager than a player who isn't trying. I'm not sure if they're not trying. By the way, that's a different debate. But there's only one thing worse to play that's not trying, and that's as a player who's not good enough. Because whoever are the player who's not good enough tries, he's still not good enough. I don't think that I I don't think so many of them are not. Good or not good enough, we could start listing them, reading them off. We'd be here all day. I want to, before we move out of this section, I've got to, I've got to tell you something that I read at the weekend. Arsene Wenger uh, was commenting on the uh, Manchester United, Manchester Derby at the weekend, and he said this about United. Now Wenger, former former Arsenal manager, is a man who knows to his cost what a good a good Man United team looks like because he he suffered against many of them. He said. There is no hope in this team. I don't see where they can improve. It has no confidence, quality or spirit. I mean, that is essentially a noose round the net time for anyone who's got any hope of Manchester United improving. Yeah, and uh, so no confidence, no quality, no spirit. The, the most damning uh, of, of those no's was the no spirit. I think the most damning is no quality. I get that, but it's the sort of fragmented uh, nature of the dressing room, which which is always the biggest problem. Players can can lack a bit of. I mean, we are talking about Manchester United for heaven's sake, but players can lack a, a bit of sort of quality. But it does seem that there are you know many players, as we know. I mean, look at the Sancho situation. Uh, look at Anthony lashing out at the weekend pathetically, uh, like a spoiled kid because you know he he wasn't brought on early enough. There are there are characters. Look at Bruno. We've spoken about the captaincy there. There are characters within that dressing room who are not fit to wear the shirt, and that is the biggest problem at Manchester United at this moment in time. Yeah, we spoke we spoke on our Monday podcast about um, theoretically about who could replace Ten Hag, and you came up with a couple of names, and I came up with a couple of names. But I've been thinking about this overnight, and I'm about to write a column on it today for for uh, Made Online and the Daily Mail tomorrow. You know what, mate? I don't know who I don't know why anybody would take that job. That job, we said on Monday that you know that Old Trafford is a place where football good footballers go to die. You could say the same about the managers. Who would it's it's an extraordinary thing to even contemplate, but that job is with that squad, with that ownership in that stadium, feels impossible. Feels impossible. And if you were a manager worth your salt, you would look at that job and think, you know what? If I go there, all that's gonna happen is that I'm going to walk away in two years with a big black cross on my CV and I don't know if I want to touch it. Now, I don't think we've even mentioned the team that beat them last night, which seems a bit harsh. Newcastle were absolutely brilliant last night. Um, Again, a much-changed Newcastle team. Players playing out of position. Newcastle third team. 
Craig Hope called them. Oh, really? I call them the... I'm not sure if they've got three teams. I think if they had three teams, Craig would be playing in one of them. Um, started his, you know, he did, no. he was on, Craig was Craig was on Newcastle's books for a time. Was on Newcastle's books for a time. What, he the was, football yeah. team? Did, yeah, the football yeah, No, the hockey team. Well, yeah, I the don't know. they got a rugby team, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, yeah, Craig. Craig, I think it's just folded. Craig was on um, Newcastle's books for a while. And I don't think he's quite got over the fact that he didn't quite that he didn't make it yet. So I'd say it was Newcastle's second team last night. Players coming back from injury. Players playing out of position. They didn't have a centre half in the team. Uh, oh, a natural centre half in the team, and they were everything that United weren't: ambitious, ag- uh, aggressive, uh, unif- unified, wanted to win the game, did win the game. They've got Arsenal at home. Newcastle's first team have got Arsenal at home five thirty on Saturday night. Arsenal always do well against Newcastle. I'm just looking at my notes here. They've kept Arsenal have kept thirty clean sheets against Newcastle, which is the most that one side has ever kept against another team in the Premier League's history. What, what, what does that matter? Only Manchester United have won more Premier League away games against Newcastle than Arsenal. Arsenal have won eight of the last ten at St James's Park, but you, you know Newcastle will never have a better chance. Newcastle will never have a better chance. You hate my stat. I love a stat. I love a stat. I'm loving the way you're morphing into a, a, a stats person. You'll have your own YouTube channel. No, in order to have my own YouTube channel, I'll have to work out how to work. I have to work out how to work <laughs> my own laptop, which is currently beyond me. Um, <laughs> No, all all stats are welcome. Just not just not XG. No XG on this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Newcastle Arsenal. Um, bad night for Arsenal last night in the, in the in the League Cup. If they care, and I hope they do. Um, so, um, I mean, it's got a draw written all over it to me. Yeah, I've got a sneaky feeling for Arsenal. Uh, it, it's it's a brilliant game because of because of the nature of the way Eddie Howe teams play front foot. Um, you know, always on the front foot his teams are. We saw it last night against Manchester United. He's a he's a he's a fearless manager. And then Arsenal. I thought what was interesting last night uh, you know, the, had the goalkeeping change, but I'm not going to talk about that. We talk about that on every pod. Um, I don't understand managers who make wholesale changes. All right, and then they bring on the cavalry with 25, 30 minutes. I mean, Arsenal were three down. Saka came on. Martinelli came on. Odegaard came on. It's too late, Mikel. This is what I like about this podcast. It gives the opportunity to a failed manager of Lincoln City to tell Mikel Arteta. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fa- failed. Failed. It failed isn't right. I kept them up. Have you done your research? Where are you, Ladyman? How long did you last? I was there a season. Kept him in the league <laughs> and then we had a we had a, a disagreement, myself and the and the chairman, and that was and that was that. So fake news, Ian Ladyman. That's unlike you falling out with someone. I was let down. You didn't tell a chairman to put that job the same place where you told Glenn Hoddle to put his England his England B cap, did you? Where the sun don't shine. I, I, I told him <laughs> about my disappointment with something. Now, Kai Havertz, I believe um, you were watching the game. You said on that flicking on the telly. I believe he had an absolute shocker last night. Um, obviously, Arsenal lost in the League Cup. Um, not done his chances of a starting berth on Saturday any good, I believe. He looks like a player, and before before you sort of say, what's it like to be a failed uh, striker at Chelsea? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm, yeah, just yeah. I'm, I'm saving. He, saving he that. looks like me. He, he looks like me. Uh, 
No, you're much better look. You're better looking. I bet. I bet. I bet Kai Havertz has never been asked to model clothes for Top Man. No, no, no. Well, he wouldn't have done because Top Man are in administration now. Yeah, largely because of you. <laughs> Let's get back to the serious chat. Havertz. He does. He does look like a a, a broken man, a, a player with absolutely zero confidence. I, I've got to say, on a serious point, having been there myself, it's it's a very obvious thing to say. It's not a nice place to be because. I think the effort is there, but he he just seems muddled. His decision making isn't good. He's half a yard off it. He's trying, but you just just looking at his body language. He needs a break. He he needs something. He needs a a big moment. He doesn't need sort of the ball thrown at him uh, and, and given sip penalties as he was uh, earlier on in the season. I, I suppose a different way to look at it when you are given a starting place in a understrength team like he was last night and like several Man United players were um, last night and a whole bunch of Newcastle players, you either <clears throat> see it as a slap in the face as like, oh, well, I'm obviously not part of the Premier League team then I've got to play in this competition nobody cares about. Or you say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, put myself out there and and give and and produce a brilliant ninety minutes as players like uh, Lewis Hall did, for example, for Newcastle last night, and uh, a player like Mason Mount didn't for Manchester United, and it seems Kai Havertz didn't for Arsenal. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. Tottenham Chelsea quickly Monday Monday night eight o'clock. Um, still talking about unpopular players. So Nicholas Jackson, Chelsea's uh, summer signing centre forward, having a difficult time. Young player, not experienced, played really badly as Chelsea lost to Brentford at the weekend. Was subject of all the match today analysis, not running the right in the right areas, not doing the right things. Alan Shearer contributed what I thought was a great segment on that how he wasn't making the runs. Chelsea manager Mauricio Pochettino says that. She was criticism of Jackson was unfair and dangerous. What's he talking about? It's only football. Yes, can they can they both be right? No. Well, they can both have an opinion. Well, I th- I, I, th- I think they're both right. I th- I, th- I think they're both right. I'll, I'll I'll tell you why because you know Shearer is is there on match of the day to to analyze and nobody really knows much better than him about uh, you know centre forward movements and and he he clearly feels and I think he was quite right that. That, uh, that that Nicholas Jackson isn't doing what he should be doing, and and they sort of, I thought the interesting part was when they sort of pointed out Cole Palmer, uh, sort of a, a young player just signed for Chelsea, him telling Nicholas Jackson where he should be moving and how he should be moving. So she was right to call him out, but Pochettino's entitled to stick up for his player and and say, well, do you know what? That is based on one game, and I think you know he mentioned. Um, games in pre-season where Jackson's movement was better. So I think, you know, in this sort of game now where there's there's always this uh, knee-jerk, short sort of term analysis, uh, we do have to give Nicholas Jackson a longer period of time to, to, to judge him fairly. You do, but let's say, let's talk about uh, Darwin Nunes, for example, at Liverpool. You know that I have a bit of love for Darwin Nunes. You know, uh, every time he's not in the Liverpool team, I'm disappointed. I just want to watch him play. He's, he's entertaining. But, so... You're a Liverpool fan. He can get into goal-scoring positions and miss chances, right? Which he does, right? And you get that from a young player. But if you are Nicholas Jackson and you're not even making a basic 
what you would call a basic centre-forward run into a channel off the shoulder of a defender, then that is not really acceptable because even if you're not playing well, you do the basics and that's a basic. Any kid who comes to any academy in the modern game, any centre-forward, whatever level, is taught what centre-forward's run is. You would have been taught what centre-forward's run is. I agree with everything you said and I agree with everything Alan Shearer said. Uh, not because I'm scared of him on, uh, you know, uh, at, at the weekend about Nicholas Jackson. But I, I also agree with uh, Mauricio Pochettino defending his player. If he came out and whammed Jackson as well, he's, he's probably saying the same things to Nicholas Jackson. He's, he's taken over a billion, uh, a billion pound development team and he has to build these players up and nurture and 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 make them into better players. This isn't the Chelsea of the past where they've brought ready-made uh, world stars, you know, they're they're bringing in young players to to I don't know what they're sort of well the long term goal seems to be to win the Premier League. Well, the short term goal is, but it looks like it's going to be a slow burner for Pochettino. I've not picked you up on this before, but I'm going to do it now. You you invented your own your own verb, which is to, which is to wham, uh, which uh, I, I've yeah. never heard anyone else use it apart from me. You often say, "Oh, he's whammed him." I'm not sure that wham. is actually a verb, but I'm going to have a look. Yeah. Go and have a look in the dicks. No, it's a po- 80s pop group. Wham. Whack. To, yeah, whack. Yeah, but to wham, wham. To wham. That's not a verb. Wham. It's not a verb. It's like a, it's like a word out of the Beano. It's like wham. Wham. Bam. So, Poch, anyway, Poch goes back to Tottenham on uh, Monday night. I hope, for God's sake, he gets a good reception there. The world is over if he doesn't. Well, there is a manager of Chelsea, so who knows. Um, right, mate. I know you've got an appointment with the dentist. Um, off you go. Have a good weekend, mate. I'll see you in the studio for our next edition of It's All kicking off on Monday.